Greetings, all you monsters. Reanimator Rob here. And I'm hanging out in the laboratory with... Meg the Mortician. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. It's glad to, I'm glad to be back. Um, Christopher from the Black Lagoon, unfortunately, um, is on assignment. So um, he is here in spirit. And we miss you, you big goon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And um, and so I, we did post our little segment today on our social media, um, just kind of getting back together, testing the waters, and that was very well received yeah. so far. Yep, just a little update from, you know, the break and everything. So, so what have you been up to? Oh, you know, same old, same old, working and working out. I go to the gym. Um, but I've been, you know, trying to uh, finish Bones. And then I've watched a couple um, movies I hadn't seen on, like, Netflix. Um, nice. And, like, thir the 13 Ghosts. Oh, Have you yeah. Seen that, one? that one's really yeah, good. Yeah, that's I like really that good. A lot. Yeah, I love Matthew Lillard, you know. He's oh, a Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's the um, guy from Scream and Scooby-Doo, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was a good one. Um, and then the other night, me and my roommate watched Hereditary, finally. Oh, what did you think of that? I, I can understand, like, I re I don't know if Randy Mayer Rob has said this on one of our episodes, but he did mention that he thought they were trying a little too hard. To be um, cryptic and, yeah, like, too much. I, I get when you want to put metaphors and symbols and, like, clues, but I... I do feel like it. It was just a little over the. It's like, yeah, I don't need to. I don't want to watch a movie where I need a translator. Yeah, so I understood <laughs> that, but I also was like, I definitely was freaked out the whole. Oh time. yeah, yeah, it, it was, was like super spooky and yeah, it definitely was hard. To, we we watched this like so late at night, like we went to bed around like one thirty, and then I was like, it took me a while to fall asleep because yeah. I was definitely like a little bit spooked. It is disturbing, and yeah. I and I do, I, I'm a big Tony Collette. Fan. Oh yeah, she's, she's great. She's in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Muriel's Wedding. So a lot of people don't know that she's. I think she's originally from Australia. Okay. And it's an Australian movie about a a, a, a young girl who's just so obsessed with getting married that she goes to these bridal places and, and tells the people, the owners, that she's. Um, getting married to try on gowns and uh -huh. she has a scrapbook but she also listens to abba and yeah. so it's a, a big abba um theme theme in it and i'm a big abba fan so nice um, i'll have to watch that yeah and what else have you been watching um i'm trying to think of anything else like spooky related but um not not much else other than those ones I, off the top of my head yeah um and Letter Kenny. I don't know if you know that show on Hulu. They came out with an International Women's Day episode. Oh, so that yeah. was cute. Yeah. Oh. So. Um, so I have a surprise for you. Oh, really? As part of the Keeping Up with the Morticians. Oh, I, boy. For those of you who listened to our mini bonus episode, um, I gave Meg the Mortician some dvds to watch in um and out of my laboratory library <laughs> and it was, was friday the 13th one through eight mm -hmm. nightmare on elm street one through four mm -hmm. i think what else um, oh creep show one and two creep show one and two and then you you had scream four but i haven't seen two and three and so uh, I, I didn't watch scream four yet but yeah <laughs> and when we talked about the continuity era in part five of friday yes. the 13th with the sweater yeah I owe you a drink. So as part of our continuing education, I wanted to give you some additional. Some DVDs. DVDs. Rob has passed me over some DVDs. What do we got here? What do we got? Return to Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Ooh, Salem's Lot. The original. The original. And then. Sleepaway Camp Survival Kid. Holy moly, this one this one has three DVD cases so in here. So it's part one, part two, and part three. Oh and my god. Read a little bit from the back, because I from think that's back. pretty funny. Okay. 
Welcome campers! Are you ready for some summer fun where arts and crafts meet stock and slaughter? While the days run red with blood of the not-so-innocent question mark, you'll find everything you need right here in this sleepaway camp survival kit. Yay! Awesome! Oh my goodness. Yeah, it has, yep, it has one, two, and three. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's really, like, I like the, there's like a bloody handprint and <laughs> it's got survival kit and like that classic like army like print or font. Yes. One of my favorite nice. movies of all time, horror movie Sleepaway Camp 1. And like I said before in a previous podcast, um, one is much different than two and three. And um, two and three are more like comedy horror, whereas okay. the first one's more of a serious, more, you know, standard fair. But I'm a fan, so I can't wait for you to give us input on that. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Salem's Lot. My mom said that was a good one. It is, and there's a lot of jump scares. Oh, boy. Can't wait. I know. I have to raid my DVD collection and see if there's anything you guys haven't seen. Yeah. Pass it along. Little exchange there. Yeah. So, um, I watched the uh, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, and I thought that was very good. I watched it with Tony and, and Mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it was like Friday family fun night with a chainsaw. Nice. And um, he actually really liked it. it. It's funny. My friends Gaetano Zanelli and Michael Jewer, um, they actually watched the new Scream and the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre as part of, I think, Gaetano's birthday. And, and they actually, Michael was always the first one really scream really freaked him out and yeah he was like this one wasn't as bad i really liked it but i was like it's because you're getting used to watching these movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um i watched um midnight mass the series on netflix mm-hmm. i finished that that was really good highly recommended and i also watched catching killers uh, that's like a documentary series mm-hmm. on netflix and that was I haven't gotten through all the episodes, but the one that I watched was about a real-life serial killer in Toronto killing gay men. And originally, the investigation brought detectives down a path of cannibalism. Oh, my. And there was this guy on this cannibalism website claiming responsibility for the murders. And this website is still out apparently it's like it's still online i don't know how but what but it's like a it's like a website where people like cannibals go to talk about like their desires of eating human flesh but then there's also and there's also people that like actually willingly volunteer to be eaten i've heard of that in the i think it was a case over in like russia or something or it's like the same thing like oh it's an online like sort of board where cannibals are looking for willing participants and like yeah. that happened and it's just like so bizarre like, <laughs> yeah so it was so. a very interesting case and then like apparently like you know they went down the wrong path and then it turned out up oh, it's just your typical you know your typical serial killer type of mo wasn't like this <laughs> you know wasn't this cannibalism thing Bummer, but we didn't get a cannibal this but it time. was it was really good and they have a couple other episodes, one about the BTK killer. Oh, I yeah. did my, like, a high school report on him. Yeah, yeah, so I can't wait to watch that. And um, so, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Um, so I can't wait for you to watch that. Yeah, thank you for the DVDs. Yeah, and, and speaking of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, I have a little piece to share as part of my autopsy report. Awesome, can't wait to hear it. For the autopsy report this evening, we're going to talk about this comic book. <laughs> and so when you think about, like, everybody knows about Freddy versus Jason, what other kind of matches would you like to see? Uh, I, don't, I don't 
think Michael Myers has been put up against anybody, you know? Maybe something along the lines of that would be cool. How about Jason versus Leatherface? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so, this is, uh, thank you Tommy Tuna from the Horror News Network. So, he wrote up this little ditty about, um, you know, Godzilla duking it out with Kong, vampires and werewolves tearing at each other, classic monster battles, right? Jason Voorhees mixing it up with Leatherface? Hmm, not so much. Well, it happened once in a 1995 three-issue limited comic book series from Topps Comics, Jason vs. Leatherface. Yup, someone thought it was a good idea, or at least a profitable one, to have the icons from the Friday the 13th and Texas Chainsaw Massacre series have a rumble royal of sorts. <laughs> and if you don't remember it, join the club. So the comic was written by Nancy Collins and illustrated by Jeff Butler and Steve Montano with um, a really good cover by Simon Bisley. Um, and, and it had a really bizarre premise. So it all starts when Jason escapes from his watery grave in Crystal Lake after it's drained for a development project. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, he hops on the first train out of town. <laughs> well, he did take on Manhattan in part eight, so, you know? Yeah, you know, that does make <laughs> sense. He was on the subway, so he did learn how to get... So, he, yes. did how to, he did learn public <laughs> transportation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so the train is conveniently headed for Sawyerville, Texas, and you guessed it, the, the famous family of cannibals is living there. Mm. Strangely enough, when Jason gets there, everybody seems to get along, and Jason even befriends Leatherface, so mm. go figure. And as you might expect, there's plenty of bloody machete work on Jason's part, and a good chunk of it is just an excuse for the artist to draw, you know, some severed limbs and split heads, and, and most of the three comics deal with the relationship among the cannibalistic um, family members, and it isn't until the third comic, titled Face Off, that the two main characters get into the obligatory Machete versus Chainsaw Slice Him Up. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, the, the final battle is terribly anticlimactic as Jason is, quote, defeated and dumped into a nearby lake. And, of course, the waters revive the mass killer, and he climbs out and starts his long walk back to Crystal Lake. None the worse for his harrowing experience. So I'm just thinking, why didn't he take the train back? Yeah, what the... <laughs> well, he figured out how to take the train there. Why not take it back? <laughs> Maybe he didn't have the money. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he summed it up. He's like, honestly, only true fans of these legendary horror figures should try to track down these comics. The stories afford an interesting look into Leatherface's family members not shown in the movies and give Jason some well-intentioned machete exercise, but casual readers may want to take a pass. But I, I want to actually look that up and see the graphics because no, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool and um, Chris Christopher from the Black Lagoon did give us a tip um, in case you haven't heard uh, um, on Shudder season 4 of the last drive-in premieres Friday April 29th only on Shudder and the season opener will be the 100th movie shown on the last drive-in so it sounds like they're gonna I was trying to research like what movie they were gonna yeah. review but I think they're keeping it under wraps that's probably you know, yeah. the build-up helps, definitely. Yeah, so um, just a quick little segment for you guys. And, and now we're going to get into our movie of the week, which Meg the Mortician fabulously picked out. All right, Monsters, Meg the Mortician here. Uh, so this week's uh, movie that we all watched... Um, is the baby from 1973. Um, so a little bit about the movie. Um, so the tagline for this movie was, what goes on in this nursery isn't for kids. Um, a little <laughs> synopsis. A social worker recently lost her husband investigates the strange Wadsworth family. The Wadsworths might not seem too unusual to hear about them at first. Um, consisting of the mother, two grown daughters, and the diaper-clad, bottle-sucking baby. The problem is the baby is 21 years old. Social worker Ann Gentry is fascinated by the case of Mrs. Wadsworth and her fully grown son, who has the mind and behavior of a baby. Her interest fast becomes obsession and leads to a bizarre and violent conclusion. Indeed. Mm. So, basically, when we wrapped up last season, I 
said how I wanted to find more hagsploitation films. Yeah. So when I Googled it, this one was like the fifth one in, I think. Yeah. And I was like, that looks like a good one. And it is. It's sure a gem of the movie. Yeah. So um, a little bit about the cast. Um, in Gentry is played by Anjanette Cor- Comer. Um, Mrs. Wadsworth is played by Ruth Roman. Jermaine Wadsworth is played by Mariana Hill. Alba Wadsworth is played by Suzanne Zenner. And the baby, baby, is played by David Mooney. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, what can you tell us about some of those actors or actresses? Um, so, some fun facts. Um, so, about the director, or the writer, um, Abe Pol- Polsky and Ted Post uh, was the director. Uh, Abe Polsky was the writer. Um, mm-hmm. It took about a year for the right for Abe and Ted to. Oh, sorry. It took about a year for writer Abe Polsky to convince Ted Post to direct the film. Um, Post was reluctant to make the movie because he found the dark premise to be too negative. Yeah. Um, it is a little dark, but. You well, know, it's definitely yeah, and interesting. I, and I thought it was weird because I, I was reading about director Ted Post, and this was, like, a unique film for him because he's mostly doing, like, he did Magnum Force in 1973, which is a Dirty Harry Clint Eastwood movie, okay. and he did Beretta, Columbo, Good Guys Wear Black from, like, 1975 with Chuck Norris. So he's, like, doing yeah. all these action western things, Hang Him High, the 1968 western with Clint Eastwood, and then even like writer Abe like Polsky, he he did Kung Fu 1974, he did a, a couple episodes of Fame 1985, which is like my um, one of my favorite shows in the 80s, and then he did like things like for the Virginian and the Bonanza, and wrote episodes for those, and and then the Rebel Rousers from 1970, and so again it was just like I I have to wonder what made them decide to just go off on this different world of cinema. Yeah, it's almost like it was like a stepping stone <laughs> on the way. Like some of those sounded like after ba- the baby and then some sounded like prior. Um, yeah. But like it almost seems like it was a stepping stone in their career. Yeah, kind of. yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah. But some other fun facts. Uh, David Mooney shaved his whole body for his role as baby because obviously wow. he has to be smooth as a baby. Yeah. Um, he also observed children with special needs in special schools to research his role as baby. So that's, you know, dedication. We appreciate that's that. That's definitely noteworthy. Yeah. yeah. Um, the remastered edition of the audio track for the movie is not the original track. Um, ah. So the remastered version is a little bit different. Um, the original track contained the actual sounds made by David Mooney during the film. Um, and the baby sounds came from his performance and not canned baby sounds. The original track must have been lost and later baby sounds uh, were added. Cuckoo caca. Yeah. Cuckoo caca. Yep. Um, and so I put down the definition for hagsploitation. Yeah. I didn't know if we had talked about it when we reviewed Straight Jacket, which is also a hagsploitation yeah, film. It's a great jo- subgenre. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a subgenre of horror thriller that features a formerly gorgeous glamorous older actress who plays an insane woman who terrorizes those around her yeah so in this case it was ruth roman Um, yeah so i did a little bit of research about ruth roman sure um she was an american actress of film stage and television uh after playing stage roles on the east coast roman relocated to hollywood to pursue her career in films she's actually from she was born in lynn massachusetts yay so my dad is so i'm from beverly it's mm-hmm. like two towns over and and my dad grew up in lynn so she's a lynn girl go yeah, lynn yay yeah. <laughs> so her early work that she's known for was jungle queen that was like her first big role because prior to that she kind of just did background characters that were uncredited uh, you know when she got out to hollywood yeah um but jungle queen was kind of her first big break um in 1945 uh beyond the forest in 1949 champion in 1949 again strangers on a train 1951 tomorrow is another day 1951 um, and then in the 1960s is when she transitioned into playing middle-aged roles <laughs> on TV series and some movies. Yeah. And some of those movies uh, were Look in Any Window, 1961, 
Love Has Many Faces, 1965, and obviously The Baby in 1973. Yeah, and I, I do, and it's weird. I, I recognized her, and I couldn't, like, pin her, so mm-hmm. I, I researched, and I'm like, where do I know her from? And it was bothering me. And so she's in this movie called Day of the Animals, 1977. Okay. And it's about a group of, like, hikers way up in the mountains. I think they're up at, like, 5,000 feet, and... The ozone layer at that point has basically just totally dissolved and mm-hmm. all the animals in that it's like a demilitarized zone and they they all the animals go ballistic and start attacking the, the, the hikers. Oh, my and God. Her, her son and I, and some other people are in the group and then they get separated and with and, and she's with Leslie Nielsen. Now, if you know who Leslie Nielsen is, he's the comedic actor from Naked Gun. <laughs> In this movie, he plays a total dickwad, and he terrorizes her and her son and this Aww. other couple, and just when he's about to, like, I think, finish him off, um, a grizzly bear comes out, and he, Leslie Nielsen thinks that he can, um, you know, like, take on the grizzly bear, and needless <laughs> to say, he loses that fight. Obviously. And so, yeah, it's basically one of those movies where, like, people get picked off one by one, and you're trying to figure out who lives and who dies, so I do remember... She ends up, like, finding a hel- rescue helicopter on the ground, and her and her son, and I think the, another girl, they're with her, able to get in it as a pack of, like, wild dogs are, ch- like, literally jumping onto the helicopter. Oh, my God. <laughs> but she she somehow survives, I She's think. She's the final girl. Yeah, she was, like, one of the final people that survived, but I always remember that, her and the helicopter with, like... I don't know how they got the dogs to do. They were like literally these dogs were literally like body slamming up against the good lord the hel- helicopter. I'm like they must have had like doggy treats or something just out of view. They must have been rabid or something. Yeah. I, I it was pretty like yeah it's a pretty campy movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, she she definitely reminded me of Joan Crawford at first. She did, and I was like, okay, but it's not. But she <laughs> she was great. Um, she had this like very sultry kind of vibe to her, and she had yeah. a very Cruella Deville laugh. I liked her laugh a lot. <laughs> sultry is a definitely a good adjective. Yeah. Um, she was sultry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She's, exactly. And almost like almost like a a little bit of a mafioso. Like yes. she. I could I picture her, her like running a mob. And, oh, definitely. Like, you know, being like just knock them off and and um, yeah. And so I was looking up um, just some of the other actresses and actors. So the the the, the gentleman that played the baby, mm-hmm. um, David Mooney, he didn't really do much. He, no, um, yeah, I looked at his. Um, pretty much, I got all my information from IMDb and. Yeah, he didn't do much. Yeah, he, so. he a lot of like just little uncredited things. Um, you know, he was in like an episode of Bewitched, and he was a golf attendant, and, <laughs> and he was like a dentist in the uh, show Emergency in the seventies. But yeah, it's kind of rough when the baby is your biggest role. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big role, I guess. For I, I it's a cult classic now, so I, I yeah. think that it's if that's his legacy. Actually, I think that's I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't ca- be embarrassed about it. I. I it's different. He probably got typecasted. Mm, maybe. I'm not going to hire you. You played the baby. Yeah. And then um, Marianna Hill, who plays Jermaine, she was in Blood Beach in 1980, and that was one of my... Ooh. I remember that. The movie, people can't even get to the water because the sand eats them, and they sink into the sand. Oh and it's God. like, just when you thought it was safe to get go in the water, which is like the Jaws thing, it's like you can't even get to it. Why, did I, why do I think they remade that movie recently? They might or maybe have. it was an episode of something. Cause I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching something, and all of a sudden, it was like the sand. Don't get out of the car. It, they yeah. might have, and, and she was also in the Godfather Part Two. She was, um, oh. I think she was Diana Corleone. So she actually had um, some other, you know, quality yeah. films and TV shows she was under her very belt. Pretty too. Yeah. Uh, her hair was really out of control. It, there were some <laughs> scenes where I was like, okay, I see what you were doing. And then, yeah, it kind of went in it. I was way, like, you but... must spend five hours a day teasing that hair. Good Lord. Wow. It wasn't even the 80s. Mm. She must have been a trendsetter. And then yes. Susan Zenner, who played Alba, she was like in, she was Margot Anderson Horton in um, Days of Our Lives in the 70s and 80s and 112 episodes. So oh, she wow. was like a, uh, she was a soap. soap opera star. Um, a couple other interesting things um the cinema photographer michael i think it's margillis um 
he he actually did a lot of um, cinematography for like um, the he did a police academy 1984 um, and he also um, did cinematography for the deliberate stranger mm-hmm. which was the original like mini series about Ted Bundy oh. the serial killer and it was really good okay and Mark Harmon played him oh and so I was like kind of psyched to just read about that and then he did like growing up brady which was like a documentary um in 2000 mm-hmm. um repossessed which was a Niels, uh like leslie nielsen go figure in a, a spoof about like the exorcist <laughs> <laughs> and then he did a bunch of like i guess you want to call them lifetime movies like hidden in silence and her last chance and they all had like kelly martin in them <laughs> and she's like she's like literally in every every like lifetime movie she's if you have never seen like the death of a cheerleader um oh gosh she kills tori spelling who's like a mean cheerleader that picks on her and (laughs) it's worth watching just to see her kill tori spelling and then um for music the gerald frine um this guy was like prolific he did like he he was like doing Gilligan's Island, Star Trek, Futurama, oh, wow. South Park, Transformers, and like Roots, The Gift. So um, I thought it was like just worth sharing some of the little, you know, some of the cinematography and, and music notes because oh, yeah. they did a lot. Some of those guys are prolific. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Sweet. it's like wow, and I think all the actresses in this. I I, I was doing research, and most of them were in love american style and like and that's which was a series in 1969 to 71 so it was like oh. i think a lot of them had worked together um, prior yeah oh that's cool they definitely did have a lot of on-screen chemistry so yeah 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 so um now that we got all the fun facts out of the way we're going to do the trailer. And just a reminder that after we play this trailer we will be heading into some spoiler Spoilers. territory All right. All right. Here's the trailer for The Baby, 1973. There wasn't enough room in Toyland to escape the terror that rocked Baby's cradle. I notice you call him Baby, and the case history doesn't show any other name. What is his real name? Just Baby. To Baby, life was not a giant playpen. It was a living hell. He wasn't allowed to walk. He wasn't allowed to talk. But he was capable of it. Baby is a full-grown man trapped by three women with no way out. Damn you. talking about that circus. Mm-hmm. They wanted to put him in a sideshow. We should have said yes. You're calling your brother a freak. Oh, Mama. I just thought it'd be better that way. Three. Oh. Close the door. I just wanted to face you one more time to tell you that you're sick. You're the one who needs help, not baby. That's just so much hurt. You want him for yourself. Well, agency or no agency, you ain't gonna get him. Because baby belongs to us. No, to me. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. International release. 
starring Angelette Comer, Ruth Roman, Mariana Hill, Suzanne Zenor, and David Manzi as Baby. Rated PG. <laughs> All right, that was the trailer for The Baby 1973. So, like I said earlier, um, this is a social worker who found a interesting case that piqued her interest um, in her local area. And um, it involves the Wadsworth family and their 21-year-old baby. The Dingo H O Baby. Dingo H O Baby. In case you don't know that reference, I think it's in Seinfeld, but it was also in the '80s. There was this like real life crime case in Australia where this woman supposedly a, a dingo so, ate her baby like in the outback. It literally is so horrible sounding. Like <laughs> and like so many people thought like they were like because there was no unfortunately there was no evidence, so they were like you killed your baby. And yeah. They, oh, I kept thinking about that the whole time when I was like prepping for this. The dingo ate your baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I digress. Oh, you're fine. Um, so I kind of just want to take it on in from the beginning, you yeah. know, to where um, so Anne Gentry goes to the Wadsworth home and introduces herself as baby's new caseworker yeah. and gets to know the Wadsworth family a little bit. Um, so it's. Two daughters, Alba and Jermaine, Mrs. Wadsworth, and then Baby. So, you know, Anne gets to meet the daughters and the mom, and they're getting to talking about, like, their financial, you know, stuff. It's like, oh, you know, we just get what, um, you know, uh, services give for Baby, and then the girls kind of work part-time doing whatever. And um, <laughs> the, You can tell, like, they don't really work. Yeah, they really don't. They're too busy playing tennis and... and teasing their hair yeah <laughs> um so Anne says oh well there's no is there no pension from your husband <laughs> and, oh yeah right so they so you know they laugh it off because they're like oh you think he's dead but i guess the husband just kind of up and left the family he was um, a very weak man i think right. she said yeah so like it's kind of it's definitely a woman run household. You get that impression from very on because you I don't know, need no stinking man. Yep, they get by just fine type <laughs> type of attitude. And I kind of got the feeling that maybe she knocked off her husband somehow. Right, because she's scary. <laughs> Ruth Roman plays a scary lady. She you know, does. I would I'd be afraid to cross her definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but and then it. You know, in the first kind of scene where she's at the Wadsworth home, you know, she's like, oh, you know, will I be able to see baby before I leave? And they're like, oh, why? And it's like, well, <laughs> it's my A, job. that's my job. <laughs> and B, you know, I'll, you know, they're like, oh, he's napping. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to wake him. So that was like a little awkward. They're very protective. You you know, you kind of feel that as well of baby. Um, so Mrs. Gentry starts coming by the house a little bit more often, you know, than what they're used to. Like, a couple times a week, a few times a week. Yeah. Right. And, 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 like, yeah. they point it out to her. They're like, like oh. you're kind of getting annoying. Yeah. Baby, <laughs> oh, baby, like, your favorite or something. <laughs> and she's like, well, he's special. And that's so funny. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she comes by quite often, um, you know, asks a lot of questions, kind of is testing baby's limits. So, like, like we said, this is a full-grown 21-year-old man who acts and has, like, the mental capacity of a baby. And then they just take care of him, you know. So there's scenes where he's in, like, a big old crib and mm. he's, like, crawling. He can't walk, like, all these things. There's a scene where um, Mrs. Wadsworth is massaging his legs so the muscles don't go bad, <laughs> she says. Like, it's very, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> so... Upon Anne asking, like, questions, you know, about, like, oh, has when was the last time he was examined psychologically and physically? And, like, she's prying a little bit more. And mm. I think Jermaine tries to switch the subject. She's like, oh, I want to know a little bit more about you. Yeah. And you kind of hear Anne mention, like, her husband, Roger, and, like. He was a brilliant architect. It was. Yeah, Jermaine's like, was. And she's like. She just kind of avoids that right. part, and, like, we don't really hear about and it. She, and she's like, well, oh, do you like hiking? We can go up to the mountains together and go for 
Like, yeah. And it's like, oh, you're already trying to kill her off? It kind of, it kind of seemed that way, right? <laughs> but um, she's like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I don't have a lot of free time. And she's like, oh, well, what about on a Saturday when you're not working? She's like, oh, I usually spend Saturdays with Roger. So so he's around, right? But right. it's like he was an architect. Right. Um, but he's still around. Yeah. You yeah. kind of get a little bit, you know, more info. They cut to, like, scenes at home. And so she lives with her mother-in-law. You meet the mother-in-law. Yeah. And, She's very. She seems very supportive, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's. And they're cool. watching like slideshows of the way things used to be, or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. She, and Anne's kind of stuck on that. Yeah. So, but, so, yeah. So you know, Anne comes is coming and visiting, and then there's like one night where the girls, uh, the Wadsworth girls, get to go out, and they like have the babysitter come well, over. I think they went out for Chinese food or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> so and then like. There's the babysitter who's on the phone. Her boyfriend's trying to come over, and she's like, you know, they don't like outsiders, you know, yeah. and he's not, like, a normal baby kind of, you know. So yeah, yeah. He, she kind of calls him a freak, which is not okay. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, that's not okay. Um, he's special. But so there, you know, was an incident where, oh, baby was upset. And so the babysitter is going upstairs to, like, take care of him, obviously. Right. And then there's a scene where the Wadsworth girls come home. Yeah. And she's, like, trying to calm the baby down. And, and they walk in and they're yeah. kind of like, what is happening right now? And I'm not going to spoil that because yeah, I want you to watch it. But yeah. it's a little like. And, and that is a like, child. Yeah, the mother's like, what do you mean nothing is going on? Yeah. And, and so they, they kind of beat her up. They literally, yeah, you see them smack her around. <laughs> they beat uh, her up. Yeah. And they're like, get out of here. And Don't even try to back. call the Don't cops because we'll tell them what you did. Ruth Roman is a scary lady. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that more than once tonight, yeah. I think. But. So I, I think that's one of many scenes in the movie where you're just like, Kind of dumbfounded. You are. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah you're like, what just happened? <laughs> so, anyways, um, I think from that moment, and Anne is still coming around. She's still coming and checking in and kind of, you know, asking questions still. Um, yeah. She, yeah, she's checking to see, like, what, uh, like, the... So basically, she thinks baby is more capable of like certain things. Like and walking. She's, yeah, she's saying these things to the Mrs. Wadsworth and basically kind of prying her a little bit. Like, oh, you know, if you thought baby was capable, would you hold him back? And she's like, of course not. I'm a mother. Um, yeah. So you know, Anne's trying to set up like an examination to like really test this and like yeah. in front of a doctor and whatever. Um, and. You know, Mrs. Wadsworth is playing it cool. She's going along with it, but... She's basically like, don't tell me how to run my kid. Like, yeah. are you a mother? She's very defensive. She's like, are you a mother? And she's like, no. And she's like, well, you know, I, I know what it takes to raise kids. And so earlier in the film, there was a scene where um, Anne was playing, getting baby to crawl and, like, catch a ball. And so yeah. um, the mother challenges her in this scene saying hey like give me show me what he can do and and so she throws the ball and, and baby reluctantly gets it but in this scene the mother is there watching and he knows it and so he's afraid you can tell yeah. he's kind of afraid and he doesn't he doesn't go through with it and and you know and, and she basically gives Anne a hard time and she's like well that's not fair and, and she's like well I'll I'll consider it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting it's, the test done. Yeah. Yeah. But then it cuts to a scene of um, Alba is like using something like an, and, a, like an electrical prod. Yeah. And like saying prod. things to baby like Think. baby doesn't walk. Yeah. Baby doesn't talk. Yeah. So. So you're kind of aware like, OK, this, abuse is, going this on. is abuse. This is intentional. And, they are keeping him stunted. And I don't remember if it's the mom or Jermaine, but they grab the prod and they let, they, they shock Alba. <laughs> And oh, she's I think like, it was the mom. Yeah. She was like, don't try to kill him because she was shocking him like a lot. It yeah. Was like and so she reacted in almost a comical way. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's very, very warped. Yes. Um, but so anyways, from after that, there uh, it's in at like the, you know, uh, medical profession, the doctor's office, the med- medical center. Um, yeah. You know, where he baby is supposed to have an appointment, supposed to get evaluated. Yeah. And, and calls the Wadsworth house and 
Jermaine answers, and she's just like, oh, you know. We're not coming. We're not coming. Mama changed her mind. Like, you know, leaves it at that. Leaves her in the lurch. And she's like, oh, you should have talked to your supervisor first. So then Anne calls her supervisor, and her supervisor had already warned her, it's like, earlier in the movie. too much time. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, okay, you've crossed the line. They don't want you anymore, you know at that yeah. so Anne kind of takes things into her own hands oh, she goes right over there doesn't she goes she? right over there yeah. she, she's right on the porch and and I, I like that so this is one of my favorite scenes because she comes up to the porch and the Jermaine Alba and um, the mo- mother are there and at this point the mother she's wearing like earlier in the film she's wearing dresses and, and skirts and like I don't know sweaters with like a neck on them in this mm-hmm. scene she's wearing jeans Almost like a like a, a leather jacket, like mm. a, and she just looks all of a sudden like more like a, a tough guy. Yeah, and and, and and she's basically like, yeah, like get off my property. I'm calling the cops. Mm-hmm. And, and Anne's like, this isn't over. And she basically tells him like, I am gonna call this other department. And, yeah, the and state or something. Yeah, and she's like, I am gonna have an intervention, and they're gonna take him away. And you're never going to see him again. And she's like, you can't do that. And she's like, just watch me. And mm-hmm. it's, and, but I like how it's kind of like that. The two daughters on the porch and they're higher above her who she's still in is still in the walkway. So mm. it's just like this stalemate or just, it's a very, it's a pr- pretty good scene actually. Yeah. Cause it kind of shows like the hierarchy of that household and that household is their kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and how she's trying to infiltrate it and, yeah. Just like, yeah, I, I thought that was a pretty cool scene because Anne was very passionate in that scene. And mm-hmm. I really like, you know, she was basically like, don't fuck with me either. No, yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. So I think like a few, a day or two passes by, like things have calmed down a little bit. And yeah. uh, the Wadsworth call Anne and um, the mother-in-law, it, like when... <laughs> The mother-in-law listens in to this phone conversation. Yeah, she's like, go catch it on the other end, of yeah. other extension. Yeah. So, um, you know, basically uh, they invite her over to baby's birthday party and so they can talk a little bit more. Yeah. And, like, you know, Mrs. Watchworth is like, no, really need to get the state involved, right? And she's like, well, we'll see, yeah. kind of, you know, because, like, she's still trying to, like, yeah, like, maybe, but don't hold your breath. And yeah, that, yeah, she's and still. They have birthday her own. cake for baby, and there's a bunch of other people there. It's like interesting because there's yeah, it's like a whole party, and it's baby's party, but like everyone is just like the they're not uh, paying attention. The to attention him. is not on him. Yeah, like they have a cake and everything, but like there's not a lot of attention on him, and it's his party. Yeah, there's like a pervert there trying to pick up on Anne. Oh, and it's Dennis. That's one of Alba's <laughs> boys. <Yeah. laughs> and they're playing darts, and they get Anne to play darts to, to distract her. And I actually was reading that the director has an uncredited part. He's playing the darts. Oh, so really? Yeah. So he's got there's a little bit of oh, an nice. Easter egg there. We love a cameo. Yeah. And um, but yeah, so yeah, they're 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 yeah. in cahoots. And Anne's like pissed the whole time because she's just trying to like talk to the mom, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, you want a drink?" And she's yeah. like, "No, thank you." And like, so while they're while she's playing darts, like uh, I think Jermaine like swaps out her drink, puts some so, roofies in it or something. Something because yeah, <laughs> so she passes out. When, yeah, when she's when she wins at darts, and then she kind of like feels a little loopy, and so Alba and Jermaine. Help her upstairs. And I'm using air quotes because <laughs> they help her upstairs, and then immediately when no one's looking, they take her down to the basement. Yeah, yeah, in so, like a garage or something. Right? Yeah, and they tie her up. Tie her up, and then mom comes down to make sure they're you know getting the job done. They like gag her so yeah. she, she can't scream. They tie her up, and they just leave her downstairs, and then go back up to the party uh, and. Little do they know, oh, like, Baby made his way downstairs and um, helps Anne, like, get out of that kind of situation. Yeah, the the knots and the gag. Yeah, and so she, like, yeah. Yeah, so while she's freed, she she takes this opportunity to take Baby. Mm. Yeah, and, like, the party had, like, still been going on while she was in the basement, and then, like, by the time they had, like, gotten out, it was, like, wrapping up. So I think they noticed... 
after the fact? Yeah, after she left, they saw, they all of a sudden noticed she got in her car, and then they were like, oh my god, she has baby. Yeah, I thought that part was a little weird. Like, I know with that Dennis guy, there, he was distracting them. A little them. horn dog, that's Yeah, for sure. he was horny, and um, they were distracting him, um, or he was distracting them, And mm. but I'm like, I don't know how much, t- it took baby um, a while to get Anne free. Yeah. And so you would think, like, for being such an overprotective mother, she would have caught on earlier. But she, yeah. she, considering that, you know, now Anne's passed out or whatever and gagged in, in the other room. And, and uh, but yeah, so they, you know, they were trying, I think they were just trying to shoo out everybody. Yeah. And it took them longer than they anticipated. So then by the time they went back to get Anne, they realized, you know, she was gone and so was Baby. But I was like, yeah, that is a little bit. A little bit too much, like, far-fetched than that. I, I think she, being as protective as she was, she would have probably noticed earlier that Baby was, wasn't was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, so they immediately get in their car to go chase after her, and Ann already slashed their tires, and they were like, she thinks of everything. Tricky bitch. Yes. She thinks of everything. She thinks of everything. <laughs> Tricky bitch. Yeah. <laughs> So they wait by the phone for a good portion of the yeah. night, you know, thinking that the police are coming because of all the abuse. Oh, also, side note, one of the sisters may be sexually abusing baby. I'm not going to tell you who. You have to watch out. Yeah. So there is a scene where one of them, you know, they imply she slips into the crib. Mm, and so, yeah, that's gross. Uh, so anyways, <laughs> so, yeah, they're thinking the cops are coming to like get them because of the abuse or whatever. And. You know, the whole time, Mrs. Wadsworth kind of was, like, on to Anne. Like, she's so fascinated with Baby and, like, why. Right. So she's, like, she, she she's not going to the cops. She already has what she wants. And they're, like, what? She wanted Baby, like, type of deal. Yeah. So they kind of don't hear from her for, like, I don't know, a day or so maybe. And then they get a picture in the mail of Baby and Anne, like, has him dressed up in, like, like a, a full suit. suit. Yep, yeah. and she has him hold himself up against the chair so he looks like, you know, like he's yeah. growing and, or and, whatever. And, so developing. I think Tony made a very... So Tony watches um, with us, and, and he made... Megan asked him earlier, like, before the podcast recording, what do you think of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> and we won't say what he thought of it, but um, he did notice in that scene, he's like, is that the, the husband's suit that he's wearing? Oh. And, I'm like, oh, it probably is, unless she, you know. Like, yeah, so I, no, but it probably is. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was pretty, a good observation on my hubby's behalf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, Tony, Tony, yeah, Tony. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Um, but so she writes, like, a letter, I think, with it, saying, yeah. like, this is the, like, last time I'm going to say anything. Uh, the baby you knew will no longer be. And, like, yeah. that's when they were like, we need to do something now. We need to go find her. We need to find baby. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I don't and, know. And you can this see, yeah. And then you can kind of see, like, I think in the scene before, like, the, the mother staring outside the window. Yeah, she's sad. With the empty crib in the room. And you can tell she's, like, distraught. Yeah. And so. maybe we don't know why she's distraught. Maybe she's distraught because baby's missing. Or maybe she's gonna lose her payday right because she's getting the the, mm. the money from him being you know quote unquote yeah. disabled because w- one like observation and made of the family was that they were like a, a male hating kind of yeah woman dominated family because of like the husband supposedly leaving and, like, all the, yeah. yeah you know all that so yeah so, so that's why they did what they did to baby kind of thing yeah and now her meal ticket is gone right um so yeah they're they're ready to go. They're ready to find, go find him. But, like, you know, I, obviously, looking back, it's like, that was kind of like an egg on, you know? Yeah, that little it lettered was. picture. It was. It's like, yeah. you just, you guys are falling for her trap. Come on. I know. Like, you're smarter than that. So, they find her house. I don't really, it must have been from the return address on the envelope. I don't know. So they find their house. I, yeah, I was like, what are they driving? I think they were like driving Drive around by? randomly to find. Yeah, they're looking like, for the there's car. Her car. Yeah, <laughs> a blue whatever. <laughs> it must be a small town, a I guess. A blue Dodge or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they pull up, and um, you know, Mrs. Wadsworth sends the girls to like kind of scout out the yard. Yeah. And they're she's like, any signs of baby? Like 
come back to me. Yeah, yeah. They did not listen to that instruction. Yeah. Because I think one of them found a sign. Uh, I think it was like baby stuffed animal or something. Yeah. So I thought one of that scene was fun. So I think Jermaine goes in like one way. Yeah. And, and then, then she, Alba comes Alba, in she way. does some weird thing. Like she, I don't know if she goes over to like a neighbor's house first and then like climbs over a fence. There it was just seemed some like, weird maneuvering. I'm like, what like, the what? hell is she doing? Like she, it took her forever to like find her way to the house. Like. She could have just walked across the street and, you know, into the backyard, but instead she decided to do, like, the Ferris Bueller day off where he's, like, <laughs> running through, like, 12 backyards or something yep. to get home. And, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, so, like, they both go in the house and, like, did not listen to their mom. So they yeah. they had been gone for a little bit, and so now Mrs. Wadsworth is like, all right, I guess I got to go in and find them. So And, like, this whole scene, like, this whole part where they're, like, breaking and entering into a home basically um there's yeah. no sound or there's no talking it's all just like music yeah and it was very well done you know it was dark and mysterious yeah and Good so music. when mrs wadsworth makes it into the house she goes in and then something drips on her face and she touches it and it's red and then she looks up and there's Jermaine over the railing Yes. A little bit of spoiler, sorry, but... And she she had been sliced. Yeah, so... And she runs up, obviously, and she's, like, freaking out because that's her child, and then all... I think her neck had been slit. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Alba comes out of her room, and she's, like, struggling, and then she holds Alba, and there's a knife in her back. Huge old butcher, like, Michael Myers-style kitchen knife in her back, yeah. So then she's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, what, like, what what to do, and then... I think two doors open and then because they I think she had heard baby cry or no maybe it wasn't but anyway two doors open yeah and then all of a sudden it's Anne and then the (laughs) mother-in-law I don't even know the mother-in-law's name yeah I don't either but they're both like ready and like she put up Mrs. Wadsworth put up a fight she did she did she definitely was like (laughs) and I think the fighting scene was a little it was pretty, <laughs> but it was a little funny. Yeah, you know? it was because she. I think Anne had an axe. Yes, for and some reason. That, yeah, so it was, it was an axe attack, and I think Mrs. Wadsworth ended up getting a hold of the axe and then chased her down the stairs. Yeah, and, yeah. There was yeah. this whole like back and forth, but that I think at one point uh, Mrs. Wadsworth flips over the railing. And yeah, then, yeah. Then she's down for the count. There is like it wasn't this, even that high to be. In five, yeah, I don't know. She acted like her legs were broken. It was definitely a good like five minutes of like you know those those climatic like um like end of movie like classic battles. Yeah, of, like good and evil. I guess. Right, and so <laughs> when once she fell and was like debilitated, the mother in law was like ready, and then Anne was like, nope, it's better this way. Yeah, and so I totally forgot to set this part up, uh, but. You know, earlier on in the movie, um, at the house with the mother-in-law and Anne, they're having a pool put in. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So and what they do decide, you think? Yeah. So they decided to delay some of the pool finished work mm-hmm. because they had everything dug. So <laughs> where do you think they put the bodies? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So yeah. after all that debacle... Um, you know, Anne and the mother-in-law get cleaned up and Anne goes to check on baby and then she goes to bring him into another room. Yeah. And you know who's in that room? Who? (laughs) Anne's husband, Roger. Oh. Who has a, like a cast on his head. Like a a huge bandage. Like a huge bandage. So. And he's like at the. He's like a. He's like, like a, a child baby. because he got into an accident. Yeah, because he was an architect. Yes, yes, and 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 so I, I so just to go back to the pool scene, um, and I don't want to spoil too much, but so Mrs. Wads, uh, so the mother-in-law and Anne drag Mrs. Wadsworth into the hole where they're going to put in the pool, and the daughters are already there too, and they, you know, and then she meets her fate. Yes. <laughs> But it was a pretty climatic moment. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Uh, I did not see that coming. No. And Tony, I know Tony did not see that coming. He did, he did not see that coming with the, the Roger. Yeah, at the end where that's her. Yeah, so that's her husband. And so they basically stole baby so her husband would have a playmate. Right. Yeah. Which is so bizarre. And, and that's almost the end of the movie. Yeah. 
except they cut to a scene of the finished pool. Yeah. So. With, with some stuff buried underneath. Yeah. <laughs> and they're playing in the pool, having a great time, so having, it's a happy yeah, ending for happy them. Happy ending for them, I guess, so... <laughs> But yeah, I, and I think that surprise ending was what makes it a cult classic because so many people didn't. You you got the implication that there was a little bit of a backstory with Anne's husband, but you, you didn't never know really knew. knew why, and you knew she might have had an ulterior motive, but you didn't know why. So it it's like I think um it's like a slow burn, you know, yeah. type, kind of a thing. And like. Uh, technically, this movie wasn't labeled as a horror. It was more of a thriller, but like it still like freaked me out. Yeah, know? it's still like a th- it's like a horror thriller. You yeah. know, there's a few murders at the end, but it's not a slasher film. Yeah, right? it's it's a a much different. It is definitely disturbing. Um, you know, one of the things I can say, like on Rotten Tomatoes, the film holds an approval rating of ninety three percent. Which is pretty freaking good. Yeah, on IMDb, I think they had a 6 out of 10 rating, which yeah. is pretty good. And, um, you know, TV Guide awarded the film 3 out of 5 stars, calling it a, quote, competently directed and stated, despite its occasional lapses and genuine bad taste, it is fairly effective and contains a truly surprising twist ending. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and, and so I have some additional thoughts on just the review of the movie yeah let's get into it so um so like if you're if you're going to get all your weird out in one movie the baby is the way to go (laughs) the baby isn't a movie about a crazed effed up family keeping an adult baby prisoner it's about a crazy effed up social worker trying to steal an adult baby and so the surprise the protagonist was the bad guy all along Mm. which can be hard to pull off but here it works because ian is so goddamn innocuous and the movie never really lied to us about Anne's intentions. She she wanting to get baby away from the Wadsworth. She just they just didn't elaborate on her reasons for them. Mm. And, and so just some other thoughts like what is like what is baby's actual condition and why wouldn't Mrs. Wadsworth want him to get any better? And, and so Polsky and Post's refusal to answer those questions is part of what makes the baby such a deeply disturbing film. And this movie is like a PG PG rated movie. And yeah. it feels like it should be rated X. And and, and there's also, like, obviously a, a sexual undertone to a lot of what happens in the film. And it mm. makes all these women's relationships to baby more complicated. Um, and, and, and the fact that Post, you know, he never really directed this kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't treat the premise as inherently freaky. And, and so I actually think the film's normalcy in, in that regard is the most alarming trait so like they're just no, kind of yeah. going about their business like life is normal and it's I mean, clearly not yeah and at the party like they all you know they're celebrating baby and like i think baby comes over to mrs watsworth and like they're all like oh like you're such a good mama you know like yeah. you gave up your whole life and you know so, so i think one of them was like oh it's kind of sad and she's like it is but you know it's also very rewarding and she like she loves her son. You can clearly tell, but also it's like she's keeping him from like having more of a life, and yeah. But, so it's a little bit like a control thing, I think, because she didn't have control of the men in her life. Maybe that's definitely so she, very good. So she's just like, I'm gonna control the one man that I do have control over. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Just like. I was trying to go off on something else and I kind of zoned out, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it's just, yeah, like, it's, it's not uncommon, I guess, for that to happen. Like, look at, um, Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Yeah, yeah. The Munchkins by Proxy. (laughs) Oh, oh, Munchausen Munchausen. by Proxy, yeah. Yes. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Where parents get their children intentionally sick because they want the attention and then they get the, and, they get the like you know the pity or whatever yeah so the mother had the birthday call. party to make herself look like a Pretty hero much, be, yeah. to impress Anne, but also to you know try to get rid of her but yeah i you know yeah so that munchausen by proxy is a is a condition you know yeah, and then i've actually i don't remember where i saw this documentary but it was about like legitimate like adult babies like yeah physically 
yeah. are stunted. Like they're genetically something yeah. happened where they ha- could not. And I like the two. I think it covered like two families. Yeah. And, like the mom, both the moms were like, it's like having you know a full like a baby forever. Yeah. So like they like it, but also it's like you want more for your child. So it's like they're very conflicted. But that's yeah. gonna be tough. I think I can't imagine. Yeah, I think in this situation it was just they they made those choices to yeah do whatever they it is that they, I mean you can tell the whole family you know even even when you first meet Jermaine you're like who the hell is this I mean yeah. she's just Alba <laughs> straight mean yeah mean she's girl. just mean she's a mean girl she's a mean girl and then you have you know, then you have the mom, and then you have Jermaine, who's just, I mean... She's a little out there. Yeah, and her hair, man. Oh, my <laughs> God. I can't get over her hair. Okay, so also, I forgot to mention, Anne's eyebrows. Oh, Anne's eyebrows. In Gentry, the social worker's eyebrows are <laughs> pencil thin. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so well, she's bad. a social worker. She can't care. afford an eye uh, eyebrow thing. Silly. Anyways. <laughs> uh, well, So what yeah. did you think of the movie overall? Yeah, like, honestly, it just... um. Yeah, it was freaky. It kind of got me thinking. It you know, yeah. got my gears turning, and I, I enjoyed it. It's hard to watch. I've watched it twice now. It's a little bit uncomfortable. It's hard to watch the second time because you kind of know it's coming. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, you know? So, yeah. so I, I think some of the takeaways are there's some definitely really like deeply disturbing moments. Um, there's also some kind of camp in it, you know, with the, yeah. the overacting and, and just kind of like the – you, you do get that Joan Crawford, like, vi- Mommy Dearest vibe. Yeah, from Ruth Roman. And, yep. and you know, and, and then even, like, the, the daughters are, you know, really flaky. And then, but you also have, like, the ending is, I mean, just, like, the final, you know, battle between. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a really good. And then the surprise ending. Like, yes. I mean, just a lot of pluses to this movie. And um, yeah. I know Christopher from the Black Lagoon sent us his um, comments. Yeah, do you want to um, read it? Or? Sure. Okay, why don't you give, yeah. it, a, give it a gander so for us? So he says, I'll try to do my best, Christopher from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> hey, all you monsters. <laughs> Thank you again for sticking with us through the rough patch we just had. With that said, the baby was quite an interesting watch. It was weird, morbid, and everything you would expect from a 70s cult classic. The acting was pretty good, and the story had some great twists and turns. The ending is one that will make you keep thinking, wow, what did I just watch? <laughs> I give this movie, and he gives it a rating. Okay, so yeah, I think we can totally jump into ratings. Let's go start with Christopher from the Black Lagoon's so, rating. So he gives it 3.2 stones. 3.2 stones. And he says, it's definitely a movie you should watch at least once. The story is unique, and I can't... I can't say I can compare it to another movie, and that is very, very accurate, Christopher. Yeah, I don't think there's another movie that I would be like, oh, yeah, it's similar. No. Nope. There's nothing. There isn't. Yeah. It stands alone. It definitely does. It's a standalone movie. <laughs> and I'm so glad we reviewed it, Megan. Yeah, I am too. I'm you're just picking. You're just picking great movies, right? I, I must say. Thanks. So on that note, what what rating would you give this movie, Rob? So I really like this movie, and I, I like those movies that are out to lunch and 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 have. <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Couple couple French fries short of a happy meal, or a couple yeah. sandwiches short of a picnic. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a, a four and a half. Four and I, a I, half. I mean, it, it is a standalone cult classic, and again, I think it's one of those movies that doesn't. No, it's a gem. It's a hidden gem. Yeah. A lot of people don't know it exists. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I personally... So, like, this was my pick, and, like like I said, it's definitely hard hard to watch at some points, but it, it you can't compare it to anything else, really. So I'm going to give it a solid four. Awesome. So Chris usually does this, but I'm going to do my little mortician's best yeah. to uh, get the Divide final rating and... 3.9. We have given the baby a 3.9 stones. You want him for yourself. Well, agency or no agency, you ain't gonna get him. Because baby belongs to us. No, to me. He belongs to himself. He's not the subhuman thing you've made him. And once I report what I know, it's just a matter of time before baby is taken away from all of you. You damn bitch. I'll be seeing you, Mrs. Wadsworth, in court. 
I did not go over what the stones meant. I am so sorry, Chris. But well, I think it's equivalent to your standard. You know, one, you know, it's like a one through five, five stars, is like, but we do stones. And yeah, a four, it's like four stars is a really good movie, and one is you wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and five is like the you know awesome kick yeah. ass. So. Um, I asked Tony because he was like, what did I just watch? And so I, we went back because um, I said, all right, because he was like, I'll, I'll give this movie. A, you know, he didn't give it a good rating. I said, all right, okay. <laughs> how do you compare that to Street Trash? Because I know he wasn't a fan of Street Trash. He's like, no, this was better than Street Trash. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he just, I think he actually secretly did enjoy this film. He just yeah, doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, he just doesn't want to admit it. But yeah, I made my roommate watch Street Trash. She was also like dumbfounded by that one. But <laughs> I, I tell all my friends, you need to watch it. Yeah. Again, it's a movie like, there's nothing else kind of out there like it. I Even agree. though it's disturbing and warped and very uncomfortable, it's it's yep. on a plane all its own. That's what we're here to do, folks. We're here to give you your disturbing, warped movies and tell you to watch them. Yeah. It's the goal. <laughs> so I, I can't wait for you to watch. Which one do you think you're going to watch first? Do you think Ooh, you're going to start with Salem? I might Salem's start with Salem's Lot, yeah. And then get into the Sleepaway Camp series? Yes, definitely. Yeah, you'll definitely have to tell me about Salem's Lot. Um you might even recognize some of the actors in it because there is a pretty good cast in it. Yeah. Um, and, and then there are some scenes that just, even now I watch, I, I they're just blood curdling. They're like bone chilling. Oh and my. then But also there's a couple scenes where I just, you know it's coming, I still jump every time. Yeah. It's just. Well, I'm it, looking forward to yeah, it. Yeah. And, and then the sleepaway camp, I can't wait for you to watch those. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah. Well, cool. So. Yeah, this Any, was just uh, a shout outs you want to give. Shout outs, uh, just shout out to everyone who is excited that we're back and is ready to listen to our new stuff and is still being supportive. Yeah. So. And um, I want to thank Phil Laterno, Gaetano Zanelli, Christopher Robert Blank, Jimmy Pritchard, uh, Michael Jewer, because you already gave us awesome feedback for this our, our podcast, our mini bonus episode um, eighteen, I believe that we had posted. Um, so yeah, we're, we're still working on the audio quality. Uh, um, the feedback we got so far is it sounds pretty good. Um, so we're, we're, we're getting there and we appreciate your patience and, and, and definitely appreciate your, your feedback. And, um, yeah. and, and so the other, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Um, so with the New Hampshire Gay Men's Chorus, mm-hmm. um, we're having our 25th anniversary online auction. Um, the first starts the first week in April. So if you're interested in that, um, go to www.nhgmc.com. There are some fabulous items, including a, a getaway up to the White Mountains National Forest, Ooh. a signed autograph uh, Boston Bruins jersey signed off by the whole team. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, and so there's a lot of good stuff. Awesome. So, yeah. Stay tuned on that. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed this dynamic duo episode. Yes, I hope we hope Christopher from the Black Lagoon um, is uh, back yes. with us on our next recording. Yes, definitely. And um, and again, thank you guys. So that being said, this is Reanimator Rob and Meg the Mortician, and this has been Monster Time.